Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the MMA Sports Gambling Podcast. We want to give you a quick disclaimer before we get kicking with this episode because we recorded this episode before a whole bunch of changes to the card happened. Hey, sue us. That's exactly what happens in the MMA biz, so get used to it. Uh, we did want to share with you guys our picks for that card, and we obviously couldn't get to recording again. So both me and Jeff are going to be taking uh, Paul Felder in the main event. We both think Paul Felder is going to come out ahead of Rafael Dos Anjos. And in the newly minted bout between Sean Strickland and Brendan Allen, we're both going to be taking Brendan Allen because we love the submission game of that guy. So the rest of our breakdowns and podcast is going to be coming to you right now. The MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help hashtag DeGens only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is a leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hello, fight fans and or de degenerates. If you don't fit either of those descriptions, you're probably my mother. So hi, mom. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I haven't introduced you yet. You be quiet over there. Um, <laughs> anyhow, we're at a, uh, you're here for a historic show. This is the first episode ever of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Jeff Fox. If you don't know already, um, I've been covering the sport for close to 15 years now. Uh, I'm the head um dude over at uh, mma-manifesto.com i've been running that for close to 12 years now also uh, i cover the sport on sports gambling podcast network also as as you all probably know um and i used to write for a bunch of print magazines when print was actually a thing um but basically uh i wouldn't be able to do this show on my own because I'm far too lazy to do that, so I brought on uh, a person that you heard chuckling earlier. That would be, um, I actually, I gave this man his break. He was, the, uh, I was the first person to give him a job um, at MMA Manifesto. If it wasn't for me, he'd be probably out in the street, and his family would be <laughs> starving. But uh, after uh, after that, he's propelled himself on to two other podcasts: Top Turtle MMA and the Prelim Picker. Um, he basically he knows about every fighter in the world. If some dude had one fight in Kazakhstan in middle of a middle of a cow field. Dan knows all about this guy and how his uh, how his ground game is. Um, so once again, uh, I will introduce the. Oh, actually, he's also a purple belt in uh, jujitsu, so don't mess with him. Um, and he's also a black belt in hunkiness. So look out, ladies. So my my uh, intrepid co-host Daniel Gumby Vreeland. 
Th- thanks for having me on it. And while he, he gloated a little bit about giving me my break, that is uh, 100% a true story. If you've ever read anything I've written or listened to any of the podcasts I've done in the like 300 different places, stuff has been published at one place or one point in time. It's because of this guy. So I'm happy to be joining him on his endeavor on this sports gambling podcast. So yeah, I, so I do apologize for anyone who's had to read Dan's stuff. It was I was the one that unleashed <laughs> unleashed him onto the world. Um, if it wasn't for me, he'd be, you know, quietly uh, not uh, quietly like I said, probably on the street with his family. But I'm, I'm glad I could keep him fed. So um, what we're gonna do most weeks on this podcast, since the uh, UFC basically runs weekly uh, now because they have to cram all those events in that that they missed um, due to COVID, we'll be breaking down every fight on every UFC card, uh, giving you winning picks, only winning picks, um, for every fight. So you can, uh, get your bet on and win yourself some money. Uh, before we get into that, let's, uh, quickly, um, do a rundown of last week's event, uh, which was, uh, from the UFC apex, their home gym in Las Vegas, as all the recent events have been, uh, it was heavy, uh, light heavyweight main event, Diego Santos versus Glover. Teixeira, it was a pretty wild fight, wasn't it, Dan? It, it was absolutely wild. And, and the funny thing is is, is I, I actually talked a little bit about it previous to this, and, and I actually wound up laying a bet on Glover Teixeira because I think one of the things people overlooked in that fight, too, is just, first of all, how durable Glover Teixeira is, right? Because like if you look back at his record, he had three knockout losses. One of them was to Rumble Johnson. Uh, which it was the only really power puncher who ever knocked him out. The other two being uh, somebody in his first fight, which obviously we don't know very much about, and then the the really great combo from Alexander Gustafson. So if you don't count, you know, like being bludgeoned by like one of the toughest punching guys in history, or you know, kind of being styled on by you know Alexander Gustafson, who's got really good boxing. It, Tiago Santos is not as strong as is Rumble and was not as clever or is not as well put together as Gustafson. And when you, you paired those things together, it actually created a nice little path to victory there for Glover because I, I think we all forget how just how fucking good his grappling is. Yeah, it's um, like you said, the durability was was on full display last night. He um, he ate a lot of shots. It looked like the fight was getting close to being stopped a pound um, on the ground, but 41 year old, you think eventually his, his chin would be leaving him, but he, he seems to be getting better with, with every fight. He's uh, the past, I think he's four straight wins at this point and, or maybe even five and each opponent been gradually uh, a step up for him. So yeah, he, I was, I was very impressed. Um, Santos basically looked the way I expected him to look um, wild, explosive striking. Uh, but I knew if, if he slipped up and, and, Glover got him down, uh, it would be trouble, and that's basically how it played out. Yeah, and and, and I, I definitely hear that, like, that storyline that people are using, that Glover has gotten much better, and now he's on, it is a five-fight win streak at this point in time. But, like, if you look back at his record, it, it's not, he, he hasn't really gotten all that much better. He, the recipe to beat him has always been, you have to be a better grappler than him, right? John Jones, Phil Davis. Corey Anderson, like those guys just wrestle a little bit better than Glover and force him to box with him. And and all of those guys, as a result, wind up beating Glover. So, you know, he's beaten good wrestlers. He beat Misha Serkinov. He beat Rashad Evans. He beat Patrick Cummins and Ian Kudalaba. 
he beat power punchers and guys who go for knockouts like Anthony Smith. Like, I actually think he's just come to a part in his career where he's just had, like, the, a run of opponents that he could get through, right? Like, they didn't give him the bad guy who is the the kryptonite for him. And, and I actually don't know that that guy even exists in the light heavyweight division anymore. I don't think there's, like, a big scary wrestler type that's going to get Glover out of there. No, exactly. There, there's no reason why he, he wouldn't beat the new champ, uh, Jan Blackowitz. He, he, in a just and fair and uh, uh, world, he, he would be getting the, the next title shot. And there's a very good chance that at 41 or 42 years old, he would he would be the UFC champion. Yeah, I, I would. I, I'm honest. If that fight does get booked, I would definitely be looking to hammer the, the Glover Teixeira line as pretty much as early as it posts, because I imagine he'd be a sizable underdog and people would see the value in him and it would slowly get that down. I would be all over that right away because I think you're right. I think he could out-wrestle Jan Blankovic and there's no reason to think he couldn't. Yeah, and if he can if he can handle the power shots of, of uh, Santos, then... Who um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who, who can't he? Um, so... But we'll we'll have to see where where that uh, that heads. Um, as of now, it looks like they're going Israel Adesanya is going to come up from middleweight to to fight for to a five pound belt. But who knows? Things are always fluid in this sport. Um, other than that, in the co-main event, your your boyfriend uh, <laughs> Andre Arlovsky, uh, I wouldn't say he looked particularly good. Neither him nor Tanner Bozo really looked so great. That's what happens when you get two counter strikers going off at each other. But he got himself a win over a young prospect. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is like the this really surprised me about this fight, and I'm always the person saying that you know Andre Arlovsky can win any fight now if somebody chooses to fight his fight, right? Like if he right now he has turned himself into like you said, not just a counter striker, but a counter striker who takes very few shots and throws very few shots. His whole game is built on lack of volume now and kind of just picking and prodding from the outside and hoping 12 jabs wins around versus what he used to be where where he was like, we're both going to throw and somebody's going to get knocked out. He knows he doesn't have the chin for that anymore. And now if anybody engages him in that game, he can beat him. He can beat almost anybody at that kind of game. I just didn't think Tanner Boser would fight that kind of game with him. You know, like, you're right, Tanner Boser is a counter-striker, but, like, not so much so that I thought that this was going to turn into, like, a weird stalemate. I thought, like, at some point he would be like, all right, I'll just go at him and hit him, and it would work. You know, like, he did that against Rafael Pessoa when he fought Pessoa. Like, I just didn't think that he would, he would like, fall into this Andre Arlovsky trap. But, hey, this is, and this is a fun fact, the first time in UFC history, two 40-year-olds have won on the same card, and they do it in the main event in Komei. Yeah, it's strange. Maybe Bozer was a little starstruck, perhaps. Um, by far the biggest name he, he's fought so far. But like you said, there's no with his speed, his athleticism, his, his uh, footwork, his his power. There's no reason why he, he couldn't just go guns blazing and and take out Arlovsky. Yeah, I especially think that too, like in the the commentary team kept commenting on how fast he is, how good his leg kicks are. So like, I I get that like at heavyweight, it makes sense sometimes to be the counter striker who's fast and can get out of the way and land that big shot. 
But like when you're when you're clearly in a fight where there is nobody winning, right? Like if you looked at the scorecards, he won every single round on one judge's scorecard and lost on the other two. He won the first round on one judge's scorecard, the second round on a different judge's, and a third round on the third judge's. So like he was in every single round, but like he had to have known that these rounds were coin flips. It's just so surprising to me that even after two rounds of coin flip action, he didn't just come out and decide he was going to go, you know, balls to the wall and just get after it. Yeah, but perhaps this was just the um, the uh, textbook prospect loss, and hopefully he'll hopefully he'll he'll bounce back and 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 start building his rep up again. Um, other than that, uh, other it was actually a fun night a fun night of fights. There was a lot of a lot of good fights last night. We uh, saw someone's ear explode. That was that was pretty gnarly, gnarly and cool. That, that's that's a rare occurrence. Yeah, and we and we saw a forearm choke, which uh, I didn't think I would ever see because it's something you like do to a white belt who's acting like a jerk at the gym, uh, and it worked not only well enough to get a tap, but well enough to put somebody out cold. Yeah, that was that, I I had uh, Romanov winning. Um, what we're talking about, Alexander Romanov, who who put. Um, I can't even remember his Marcos name. Marcos Rogério de Lima. Right, right, yes. Who should actually renounce his Brazilian uh, citizenship after getting choked up like that? But <laughs> regardless, yeah, I, I had Romanov uh, winning by submission. I thought that was a pretty easy pick, but yeah, that was uh, that was a strange one. Yeah, it, it's like one of the weirdest submissions I've seen in UFC history. I, I, yeah, I not only can't understand that it worked. But I can't understand it worked to a technical submission where he went out cold. Yeah, no doubt it it was yeah, but it was uh it was like I said it was a it was a fun night of fun night of fights. Most most of these cards have, have been fun nights of fights, regardless of, of how how big a name is is on it. Which uh which brings us to this week's. Hopefully this week's is is fun also. But first, let's uh, make some money for a uh, uh, sports gambling podcast, shall we? Uh, my bookie yes, mybookie.ag uh, late. Fall college ball, the NBA bubble, and UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, that's right, you Americans haven't had Thanksgiving yet. Uh, us Canadian, us Canadians do it in October, which is the proper way to do it so anyhow uh and with turkey day right around the corner there's no better time to feast in some nfl action whether you're a first-time customer or i've been playing with my bookie for years there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines unique prop bets and contests that they offer every week sign up or get reloaded today find an edge make your bet and get paid they also boast a fully fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot and the best part is my bookie at my bookie, sorry, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple: you put in two hundred, they'll match you with another hundred in your in your account. That's a hundred free bucks, there, people. Uh, if you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money, and who doesn't like free betting money? It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right, so speaking of winning cash, let's try to win our lovely listeners some cash with this week's fight card. Um, we're down at the UFC Apex once again, which is basically where they're going to be running until further notice. It has a lightweight main event between uh, Islam Makashev and Rafael Dos Anjos, the former champ. Um, 
we've already lost one fight in the which is this is happening a lot with in the COVID era. But we're going to lose lots of fights and have lots of fights uh, fall out last minute or or switch and stuff like that. But this is a this is an odd one. Did you hear what happened to your uh, your buddy Brian Barbarina? Yeah, I had actually just talked to him about. I think it was like four or five hours before he got rushed to the hospital. I have an interview sitting in the can right now that I just have to now probably put aside because it's a lot of him talking about Daniel Rodriguez and preparing for the fight. And now that fight's not going to happen. But, yeah, for for those of you who didn't hear, he had uh, a couple of arteries. Uh, did they burst in his abdomen, I believe? He had some sort of yeah, I believe ra- so. rare thing that burst some arteries in his abdomen. They pulled out a liter and a half of blood and – I guess, you know, he's doing well. They they said he's back to eating solid foods and he's, you know, back up and walking around. He's going to have a gnarly scar on his stomach. Um, But he's okay, which is good to hear. It's a little upsetting because I will tell you already, that is a fight I had circled both in terms of of gambling odds and in terms of just pure enjoyment, right? Like Brian Barberena does not go away. You know, Daniel Rodriguez hits like a truck and has got great submission skills. You know, you sort of had to like Barberena's odds. He was he was floating right around plus 170 over at my bookie before obviously the lines gone went away. But you know, like it's it's a shame to see that fight of all of the fights that could go out on this card be the one that, to fall out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we uh, obviously uh, all the best to Bam Bam and his recovery. I'm I'm sure uh, he's a tough guy. I'm sure he will will be back soon. And at this point, we don't know if. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez is going to get a replacement fight. Um, usually, especially with uh, about a week's notice or so, um, they're they're able to uh, to find someone to to slip in. Um, but as of this recording, we don't know if that's the case. If they do find a late replacement, uh, I say bet Rodriguez. Um, the numbers basically this year, it's I think late replacements have won 34% of the fights, something like that. So it's really um, the, the odds are going to be stacked, and Rodriguez is a, is a good fighter to begin with, anyhow. Absolutely. And, and the other thing, too, about that, too, is if you look at the guys who are winning as late-notice replacements, they're big punchers, too. Like, they're, they're guys who go out there and can slug and knock somebody out cold. Um, you know, you saw Justin James do that to, to Frank Camacho. You saw Chaos Williams, who we'll see a little bit later on the card, do that to Alex Morano. And, like... Those types of guys need somebody who's like a willing participant and willing to get hit big. And Rodriguez has got a great chin on him too. So you're definitely right. If if Rodriguez gets rebooked, you know, trust that he's going to win in this one. Yeah, exactly. So as of this point, we have uh, four, six, eight, 10, 11 fights um, on the night. So Dan and I are going to pick against the spread or with the spread um, for all the fights. Um, and I will be keeping track of, of who wins the most money between the two of us. And maybe the end of the year, we'll, we'll have to have some uh, some um, consequences for the loser. I'm saying the loser gets a face tattoo that says I suck on it. Ooh, Does yeah. that work for you? Probably going to pass on the face tattoo. Oh. Um, but I don't, I don't know how they do it up in Canada, but that is generally <laughs> frowned upon down here. Oh, strange. <laughs> it's a very strange world that, that you live in down in the States, but anyhow. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll keep track regardless. Um, if we lose you money, don't come yelling at me uh, at Twitter at Jeff Fox Writer or at Dan at Gumby Vreeland. You lost money because you're a filthy degenerate, not because <laughs> not because we gave you bad advice. Okay, um, so let, let's get started. We start off with a heavyweight match. Uh, Dontel Mays, uh, whose nicknames 
progressed from Kong to King Kong to Lord Kong. So he's he's getting promoted quite quickly. Um, he's uh, who's given him these nicknames? I think they may be uh, self-appointed. So I don't know if if you can make yourself a lord on your own, but uh, he's gonna try. Uh, anyhow, he's fighting uh, Rock Martinez. Um, who is 0-1 in the UFC. He um, lost his his, um, his debut against uh, Romanov. He is coming in at a uh, – all the, all the bets will – all the lines will be from our friends of my bookie, obviously. Um, he's coming in currently at a plus 160. Uh, Mays is at a minus 195. Mays has not done much better than Martinez in, in the UFC himself. He's he's 0-2, both submission losses. Um, he's two and three in his last five, so he's not exactly on fire. Um, stats are that are in his favor. He's six years younger than Martinez, which uh, younger fighter tends to win fights more often than not. Um, inches are going to be huge, uh, eight, eight inches of height. So he's he's going to be in the much bigger fighter, um, and he comes out of the famed Jackson Wink gym. Um, I am riding with uh, Mays in this fight at minus 195. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? I'm actually going to oppose you on this one. This is one of the underdogs I have circled on my card because, you know, a lot of what you said about their their size is a, a lot of the reason why people don't like Roca Martinez. Um, you know, he's, he's a stocky guy, and he doesn't necessarily look like he's in the best shape, and he's 5'10", a heavyweight, which is terrifying for to pick a guy, but... If you actually look back at some of the, the fights he had when he was over in Japan with Ryzen, uh, he was taking it to Mirko Krokop on the feet. Like, he, he was kicking Mirko Krokop's legs out. He's very fast for a guy who looks like that. Um, it, and, you know, my sort of problem with Dontel Mays in the UFC is that it, if you look at his fights, he is very tired roughly two minutes into every single fight. Like, Surreal Gane is a, is a tough loss. You, you can't count a loss to Surreal Gane is looking too bad. But he also lost to Rodrigo Nascimento. And Nascimento is you know not a particularly fit guy either. And it looked like he had seven times the gas tank as Dontel Mays. Dontel just goes in there and wings it. And, you know, I think as a result, he, he tires out way too fast. I mean, we saw him lose on the Contender Series to Alan Crowder pretty much that same way. I think as long as Martinez can stuff enough takedowns to keep it on the feet, plus 160 looks pretty nice here for him. All right, good. I like it. We're differing in our picks already. So Dan is going for a, a dog. Um, the stats, um, if you if you go uh, to Sports Gambling Podcast and search for an article by me, eight UFC stats that will win you money, you'll see that um, about – it's usually about a third of a fight card. A fight card has underdogs come through. So if we're talking like uh, most cards, are usually twelve fights. You're talking probably three or four underdogs. So Dan's got um, an underdog already, which is which uh, is good. Nice choice. Even though I think I'm going to win that one. Regardless, uh, we go from the big boys to the second smallest uh, boys in in the UFC. We have bantamweights up next. Uh, Gerardo Defridis, Tony Gravely. Um, GDF is the plus 160 dog. Uh, Gravely's minus 190. Um, as for the stats, um, GDF's got three inches of reach. He's one one in the UFC. Um, Gravely dropped his UFC debut. Um, he's one one in his last two. But uh, he, checking the stats, he uh, he has striking and grappling in his in his favor. Um, we'll let you pick first this time, Dan. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Gravely. Uh, and I think in this case, my, my biggest problem with DeFridis is that if you look at his fights so far, um, he, he pretty much lives and dies by being able to chain together his takedown attempts. Like he scored a couple of takedown attempts on Chris Gutierrez and only lost a split decision there, which is a, a pretty good fight there. Uh, and the reason he picked up the win over Felipe Colares is he was able to take him down six times. You know, he's got a decent takedown game, but when you look at somebody like Gravely, he's a guy who is very physically strong. He was able to stuff Brett Johns a couple of times, and granted, he wound up giving up the takedowns to Brett Johns in the long run, and Brett Johns finished him, but, like, that's Brett Johns. That, that's, like, a top 15 Bantamweight. You know, I guess now he's in Bellator. He's probably a top two Bantamweight. So, like, you know, Gravely here is definitely the more polished grappler here. And I don't think DeFridis has a big enough advantage on the feet that, that he's got any chance of winning this. Yep. Agreed. Obviously. So obviously. So uh, we're both taking the, uh, the betting favorite in that one. Uh, next fight. I'm actually very interested in this one. Um, my fellow Canadian random Mark is taking this fight on, on, um, on late notice, which is one strike in her, her column. Uh, she's fighting a, uh, Debuting fighter from, um, she's got extensive experience, uh, 11 and 1. She's fought in Invicta and Ryzen. That would be, uh, Kanaka Murata. Um, quite, like I said, quite an impressive, uh, resume for her, um, in, in big, big organizations. Um, she's got four sub wins in, in her 11, uh, her 11 wins, uh, so far and some, uh, some decent names on her resume also. So she's coming in right now as a minus 125 favorite. Uh, Marcos, actually, this isn't even on uh, my book yet, so I don't have Marcos's number, but the the one book uh, looking around uh, the internet, I saw Amarado is a slight, slight favorite in this. Um, as for the stats, Marcos has got three inches of height on her. Um, an inch, inch of reach, so that shouldn't be much of a difference. Uh, she's a very strong wrestler. Um, kind of an up-and-down UFC career as her 10-9-1 record um, would attest to, and she's dropped her last two, so as much as it as it hurts me, uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna bet against her and uh, take uh, Murata. I think she's a she actually can make some noise in the UFC. Your thoughts, Daniel? Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. And and for the reason you kind of pointed out too, that that Marcos has had kind of an up and down career that is is kind of you know gone up and down based on how successful she's being with her wrestling and her grappling. And she's up against a, a woman with phenomenal wrestling. You know, she's a gold medalist at the Asian Wrestling Championships uh, back in 2012. And then she won silver twice at those same championships. She's a phenomenal wrestler. If you've seen the way she's, you know, mixed it into her MMA career as well. You know, she Von Flew choked Angela Magana, which we can all appreciate as people who probably hate Angela Magana. And uh, yes. yeah, you know, like if, if Randa Marcos's path to victory here is her grappling, it is not a path to victory. And, and for that reason, whatever the numbers come in here on Murata too, like you said, we're expecting them to come in right around negative 130 for Murata. I think that's a steal, personally. Yeah, that's, that's a, like I said, that's a very, uh, like, like you said, a very low number for her. And definitely uh, you can make some money on that, um, even though I it, it pains me to, to pick someone who's, who's only – lives a few hours away from me, but regardless, that's, that's the way she goes. Money talks. Uh, before we continue, let's, let's, speaking of money, let's make some more money for our listeners and, and for our, uh, our overlords at SGP. Um, it's come prop up on thrive fantasy this season. Thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. The response of SGP listeners for thrive fantasy has been amazing. So they're hooking up 
you lovely listeners with a thousand dollar free roll for the big Eagles versus Giants Thursday night game. That's right, a thousand dollar free roll. Just use the password Degen D E G E N to enter the game. That's password Degen. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you want to play NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. If you want to choose other sports like NBA, PGA, MLB, esports, they got it all there. Choose five out of the 10 available player props to build your lineup. Um, I would suggest don't pick anybody on Dan's favorite team, the Cowboys, though, because they stink, right? <laughs> They're pretty pretty atrocious, yeah. Yes, that's what I thought. (laughs) So basically, each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50,000, that's 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly, and has worded over 1.6 million in cash prizes. So use the promo code SGP when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant match up to $50 in your first deposit with a four times rollover. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website. ThriveFantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And don't forget the promo code SGP. All right. Let's continue, let's finish up the uh, the prelims. Um, got another weight, another 135-pound fight. Jose Alberto Quinones versus uh, Luis Smolka. Um, as of now, Smolka is the minus 140 favorite. Uh, Kionis is coming in at plus 110. Um, is a year younger, so it's a fairly close in age. He's another guy with the up and down UFC career. He's actually already been, uh, canned by the organization. He was brought back fairly recently. Um, so he's seven to seven in the UFC, one and two in his last three fights. Uh, Kionis has a slight one inch reach advantage, um, five and three in the UFC, one and two in his last three. So he's obviously, uh, not, um, not uh, clicking on all cylinders currently either. Uh, but when you check out the stats, uh, all the stats I'm talking about are from uh, Fight Metric. I think it's called UFCstats.com now. Um, when you compare the stats, he seems to have the striking and the grappling advantage over over the Hawaiian. Um, so who is your pick in this one, Dan? Uh, I'm going to take the favorite again here. I, I like Louis Smolka for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, like, first of all, I think he's probably the more creative striker here. You know, uh, Quinones, he's an interesting one because he does mix in a lot of takedowns. He's just largely not successful against many people who you would expect him to be successful against. You know, he he shot some takedowns on on Sean O'Malley, didn't really get anywhere with him uh, before getting knocked out. You know, he he shot a lot of takedowns on uh, Carlos Achuanin, who's a pretty terrible grappler in my opinion. And he only landed about 40%. So, you know, against somebody who scrambles so well, like uh, like we know Louis Smolka does, I, I just can't imagine he gets very successful there. And, and really, that's the path to victory against Smolka. If you, you look at his his most recent run, he is 5-2 and two in his last seven fights. I mean, three of those are on the regional circuit before he came back to the UFC. But the two losses are two submission losses. They're, they're to Matt Danger Schnell, who's a crazy good submission specialist, and Casey Kenny, who's a beast on the mats as well. So, you know, like, that seems to be the path to victory against Smolka, and I just don't think Jose Alberto Quinanez can sort of hit that path, and, and I don't think he's good on his feet enough to, to beat him there either. Yeah, that's all good points, but I'm I'm going to ride with him regardless. I, I like the plus money at plus 110, so I'm going to go in a little uh... – little live dog run here so we'll, we'll see if it pays off for us which is all is also nice we have uh different picks again so you can get your face tattooed in a couple months so that's perfect 
Uh, that brings us to welterweights. Um, a much hyped prospect who just uh, made his UFC debut and, and got run over. Um, Reese McKee. Uh, he's coming in at a plus 160 dog against Alex Morano, who's coming in at one a minus 195. Uh, McKee's five years his junior, but has six inches of reach, so that's actually two check marks in his column there. Uh, Morano is six and three. Um, the UFC 0 and one, and it's uh, dropped his last fight. Um, I am going with McKee. I've heard so many good things uh, about him. I um I like the plus money on him, so I am going to uh to ride with the the prospect here. Well, we're gonna we're gonna differ on another one again then too. Perfect. Because, because the, the, I love Reese McKee. Let me tell you that to start. You know, like you mentioned, I, I like the regional guys quite a bit. I watched a ton of him when he was in Cage Warriors, and and he's super exciting. But the one flaw he's had his whole career is that his takedown defense blows. Like they, they brought him in to face Kamzat Chimaev. And it was the meanest thing you could have ever done to somebody when when you're bringing, you know, you're looking for Chimeyev to fight somebody on short notice on a quick turnaround. You find the guy with the most brutal takedown defense, and that might be Reese McKee. Um, and, and you saw it. And, and don't get me wrong, Chimeyev's much better than Alex Morano. But I think, too, that the reason the odds are where they are is because Morano does have good top game. And really all he needs to do here is shoot a takedown. And he'll probably hold McKee down for 15 minutes. Um, and if he doesn't hold him down for 15 minutes, it's because the great White's uh, ground and pound finally kicked in. Right. Um, you're you're making me think about swaying my picks, but I I can't. I ha- I have to stick to my guns. Only only losers concede, right, Dan? That, that, that's right. And plus, you want <laughs> you really want the face tattoo anyway. So yes, exactly. No. <laughs> I will not concede. Uh, I will. Uh, I, I will um, soldier on. So, we finish off the um, prelims with, with a couple women's strawweight uh, battles. Um, I think one of your favorites uh, is in the next one, Spider Monkey. Uh, she's been on your show quite often, Ashley Yoder. Um, somehow she's still in the UFC. Uh, it's not a, a knock on her, but she's because um, she seems like a lovely person. She's fun to watch fight, but she's only two and five in the UFC and she's dropped her last two. All of them via very, not all of them, but majority of them via very controversial um, decisions. A lot of times it looked like she, she could have won at least a couple of those fights. Anyhow, she, uh, she's basically coming in as a pick um against Miranda Granger. Uh, they're both at a minus 110. Last I checked, um, Granger is one-on-one in the UFC. Uh, she's five years. Yoder's junior. Yoder will have about a inch reach. Um, Granger should have a striking advantage. Yoder, the grappling advantage. Uh, who do you like in this one, Dan? I, I'm actually going to take uh, Marita Granger here, and, and I'm a little bit bummed that I am because you're right. I do love Ashley Yoder so much. But, like, the, the big problem here is that I, I think Yoder's biggest benefit in her style is how good she is at scrambling. She's such a good scrambler. Like, I, I, th- I think she scrambles better than a lot of the women in that division, and that's why – Sort of those decisions wound up so close, right? The Randa Marcos one was super close. The the Mackenzie Dern one was even super close. Like, you know, she she is able to scramble with the best of them, but at the same time, if you wind up conceding the position at the end of it, you wind up losing that fight. And and I think she's at such a striking disadvantage here that if she goes 50-50 in the grappling department, the, the decision is just not going to go her way again. And, and that's why I really like Miranda Granger in this one. Plus, also, it's worth noting Miranda Granger, super underrated jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah, it's uh, sad to see it because that'll probably 
um, spell the end of the spider monkey in the UFC, but maybe she can, she can work her way back up to Invicta or something. But yeah, we're both going with Miranda Granger in this one. Um, she's, she's my pick also. And uh, I'm also excited about the, the prelim um, main event, uh, if you will, uh, another women's strawweight uh, battle against two very young uh, promising prospects. Both these girls are only 21 years old, which, which is, makes me very, sad to uh, my bald spot i think is older than, than both these both these women which is quite depressing but uh we got Kay hansen um coming in as minus a uh, pretty healthy minus 225 um favorite against uh, Corey mckenna who just punched her ticket to the uh to the big show through dana white's contender series um hansen's got five inches of reach on her uh she won her ufc deb- debut and she's won three straight fights mckenna comes to us from uh, cage warriors a very probably one of the top regional promotions, if not the top regional promotion uh, out of Europe. Um, like I said, she won her way through uh, Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, she's won three straight fights, um, but she's a pretty sizable dog in this one. Um, I'm going with Hanson. Uh, she's, um, despite only being 21, she has extensive experience with her uh, with her career in Evicta before uh, being promoted up to the UFC. I, I think she's, uh, this is a bit too much for for McKenna to handle in her debut. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100% here. I, I think Kay Hansen, the, the interesting thing about her is all of her strengths are the things that McKenna is good at. She's just better at those things than McKenna, right? Like, she, she's got a good top game. She's creative off of her back. She's good at getting to that top game. She can wrestle a little bit. M- McKenna just does all of those things a little bit worse than Kay Hansen. And so I think, you know, it's a pretty easy one. To both grab and to probably put into a parlay if you're looking to do so. Right. It's interesting. Um, what do you think of this this booking, putting two 21-year-old bright prospects up against each other so early in their in their UFC careers? I hate it because I will tell you this. After watching Corey McKenna, who I was not particularly high on going into the Contender Series, after watching her in the Contender Series, I became very excited for what she'd be able to do. And I'm like pretty much all they need to do is just make sure they build her up slow. You know, like start her with somebody who's brand new or at the very bottom of the straw weight division and just like let her work her way up. She's young. She's, she's good. You know, like let her fight, you know, Jinyu Fry is, has lost a couple in a row and even lost to Kay Hansen. Like let her fight somebody like Jinyu Fry who really ought to be an atom weight anyway. And instead they book her with like, you know, like somebody else who's her age and on the same kind of terror only against better competition and like I said, the matchmaking is also like really disappointing from a, a stylistic standpoint because it's just going to look like Corey McKenna trying to do something and then Kay Hansen just stopping it and then doing it better. Right, yeah. And not to mention she's she's going to have a uh, sizable reach and probably size advantage in the fight too, which, yeah, it's uh, questionable booking. I, I can see these two fighting a few years down the road, but, but you don't want to see her debut in this way, but... Uh, I'm not. I'm not the one booking the fights. I'm just the one telling you who to pick. So we're both going with uh, with Kay Hansen in this one, but it doesn't mean McKenna doesn't have a, a bright future still in the UFC. Um, so that that does it for our prelims. Um, at this point, we have a four fight main card. One of those prelims fights probably will be bumped up to the main card. Um, but as of as of this recording, there's a four fight main card. Uh, before we kick off that, that's uh Stop for one more little ad break here. This one's for Ace Per Head. Have you ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how? 
Uh, my mom is, so I hope she's listening carefully. She wants to start a sports book for sure. Uh, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to, to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. So get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to Ace Per Head backslash SGP. That's Ace Per Head perhead.com of course uh backslash sgp all right on to the the main card like i said it's only four fights at this uh point because uh barbarina had a body part i've never heard of um explode and uh type type of surgery i've never heard of uh done on him so he's um he is out of action uh so we will start with um a middleweight matchup uh, an interesting one um between eric yeah boy is it yeah boy i think that's his name, it's your boy it? yeah yeah boy uh sorry i said it wrong so eric anders <laughs> uh former uh high level college football player um he is a minus 150 favorite against antonio arroyo who's coming in at uh 120 uh plus 120 um anders will definitely have the size he got two inches of reach and he sounds around between middleweight and lightweight a light heavyweight so i assume um he's probably gonna have the uh have a decent size and strength advantage in this one uh he's had a a so-so ufc career of five and five um lost his last fight um he's such an explosive athlete though yeah he's basically in every fight uh he has a chance of winning every fight he's uh of his 13 pro wins eight of it have come via via knockout um, as for Arroyo, uh, he dropped his UFC de- debut. Um, he's two and one uh, overall, um, or over his last three. Uh, he's two years Anders Jr. Um, when you look, compare their stats, he's uh, his striking and grappling stats look better. But regardless, I, I'm going with Anders at, at minus 150. It was minus minus 160, so some money is coming in Arroyo, but uh, I still like Anders. I'd actually, I'm going to be one of the ones to pump some more money in there on Arroyo too, because personally, I like Arroyo for a couple of reasons. Uh, And the main one being that he's very light on his feet. He's got some sort of flashy striking that's really fun to watch. And that's probably the reason I like him twice as much against somebody like Eric Anders, who, if you look at the people who've been really hard for Eric Anders to beat, Eric Anders has had a really tough time with guys who are light on their feet. Christoph Jocko beat him. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, after he, you know, kind of had that resurgence under his new tie style, beat him. Elias Theodoru, who is very elusive, sometimes so elusive that he doesn't land strikes in his own right, gave him trouble. Like, people who are elusive give him trouble. People who stand and plant and trade with him get knocked out. And I just don't see Arroyo being that guy. Now, that being said, Anders could definitely win this fight with his wrestling. But I think he sometimes forgets how good of a wrestler he is and stops using it. And if he does that here, I do not think he has the advantage on the feet. And I think he's probably going to lose either a decision or a late knockout here to Arroyo. All right, good. Uh, you're, you're making me nervous with, with the different picks. Um, but I am I'm still going to... Uh, still going to... Um, uh, stick with yeah boy uh to win this one um we move on to another uh, middleweight matchup uh, another awesome nickname dude julian cuban missile crisis marquez uh he's coming in at he's a he's a massive minus uh 290 favorite against saf uh what's his name again safarov 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 right um so I, I think the line might be a little little high um on marquez he's he's four years safarov's junior 
Um, lost his last fight, won one in his, uh, his last two. Safarov's got three inch, uh, three inches of reach. He also lost his last fight. He's um, an abysmal in three over his last four. Um, while I think the number is a little high, I, I think I'm going to go with with Marquez in this one. Yeah, and, and I definitely agree with you. The the number is really high, especially when you consider you know it's been so long since we've seen him, right? Like it's it's going to be almost 28 months uh, since his last fight by the time we, we get to see him step into the cage. And that's, like, that's really alarming, right? But you mentioned his last fight being a loss to Alessio DiCirico. If you're one of those people who frequent MADecisions.com, where you can see not just the judges who scored that fight in live time, but you can also see all the media who scored it, the vast majority of the media here scored this fight for Marquez, including some people who scored it 30-27 for Marquez. And, and thinking back to how I scored it, if I'm remembering it correctly, I also think Marquez got screwed in that fight. I think he's clearly the better fighter as long as he comes in looking something resembling what he looked like two years ago. Um, and, and the fact that he's facing Safarov, who, who let's face it, like the, the UFC is pretty much just keeping around at one in three in that one win was due to, you know, stopping some takedowns with some fence grabs. Like they're pretty much just keeping him around until he loses one more time. And, and I think this is probably that fight. But again, I, I don't like odds that high on somebody I haven't seen in that long. Yeah, I didn't even mention the uh, the ring rust. Ring rust is, despite what Dominic Cruz says, it's it's a real thing. And we, we've seen it bite many a fighter before. So uh, while we're both picking Marquez, um, it, it, while the number is as high as it is, I, I would shy away from it at, at this point. Um, speaking of long uh, long layoffs, this uh, man in the co-made event um, had a quite uh, quite a long laugh. Uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan was looking like a um, very scary welterweight prospect up to um, leading up to uh, basically his last fight was September of 2018, and then he um, he was accused of rape by two women. Um, Luckily for him, he was he was found not guilty. Um, charges uh, he, he got off on the charges, um, and he found his way back to the uh, to the UFC octagon just a couple months ago, um, July. And uh, um, if I remember correctly, he looked decent to start his fight, um, and then gassed out and ended up losing the uh, decision. Am I remembering that correctly? You're remembering that correctly, and it's worth oh. noting too. It's, it's being a Mornier Lazez, who maybe nobody had heard that name before that fight. He's like a very fun fighter out of Tunisia. I've seen fights from, but like right. he, he's a hell of a kickboxer. So like lo- losing that fight while it looks bad after a two year layoff, you're like questioning if he's the same fighter. He, he looked like the same fighter. He used to knock people out in one round and we had no idea about his gas tank anyway. Now yeah. we still probably have those same questions about his gas tank and he's right. still a good fighter. Right. So he uh, he's four and two um, in his last or four and two in the UFC total. Like I said, lost the last fight. Ten wins, all via KO. So, so you know his his path to path to victory here. He's minus two thirty five favorite over uh, Kaling Chaos K H A O S Williams. Um, Williams is nine years his junior, which which is is pretty huge. When usually when you see gaps that big in age, you're going to go with the with the younger fighter. He also has four inches of of reach. On his uh, on his elder, um, one and only see seven straight wins, uh, half of his wins come via. Um, he is a plus one ninety five dog, and I am going for the plus money. I'm taking him. Is that crazy or what? I, I don't think it's crazy. I I think with the odds where it is, I'm actually gonna side with you. I, I'm gonna side with you if we have to pick given that money. 
and we're looking at either negative 235 for a guy who got beat by a kickboxer and had a huge layoff. And like I said, he's still the same guy we thought he was. He's going to be stepping in there with a guy who throws equal or greater bombs to him because Chaos Williams throws haymakers. That dude absolutely is not afraid of anything. I would not expect this fight to last very long, regardless of who wins. But given that fact, being that both of these guys are just willing to trade bombs, if you're going to say this fight ends in the first round by somebody getting knocked out, why not take the guy at 2-1 to one money? Right. And if you want to take him, um, throw a prop bet down on him. Uh, when inside the distance, you can get yourself even better money for that. Which brings us, speaking of crazy odds, it brings us to our, our main event. Um, you don't usually see main events with, with odds this uh, this high, but we got Islam Makashev versus, like I said, or on, on the uh, on the jump, um, former champ, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, Makashev is a huge minus 550 uh, favorite um, to the former champs, plus 375. Um, Islam is 7-1 in the UFC, 18-1 overall. Um, seven years RDA's junior. Um, when you check out their their um, the stats, his uh, he's he's striking numbers and, and grappling numbers are, are better than RDA. Um, RDA's 13 and 10 in the UFC. He's he's got a lot of a uh, lot of wear in his tires there. Uh, he's dropped his last two and he's only won once in his his past um, past five fights. Um, but he does have an awesome mustache right now. So that's that 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 is a plus in his. His favor. I'm going with uh, the favorite, but I I would never bet someone at minus 550, no matter who it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would never put money on somebody at negative 550. At least straight up money, because I'm not that guy going that they they show the little you know bet clip down in the corner from the the sports books on on the broadcast saying that somebody dropped three million dollars on somebody right um to win one third of that amount of money um that wasn't it, you that wasn't me surprisingly no, okay. i know they don't give the names away but you can just rest assured that's usually not me um but but if i was going to look at that line and be like man there might be value on that he literally like at negative five something might be worth throwing into a parlay because this path to victory is so clear to me, right? Like if you look at RDA's losses, all of them, and I do mean all of them in his career are to guys who were able to take him down and out wrestling. Chiesa took him down six times. Leon Edwards, who's a good striker in his own right, took him down three times. Kamara Usman, 12 times. Colby, seven times. I mean, look back to when he lost to Habib the first time, six times. Gleason Tebow took him down and beat him. Like, the, the guys who are beating Rafael Dos Anjos have the formula. It's taken down. He doesn't get up well. And he's fighting Islam Makachev, who's a guy who he's going to take you down. Like, that's what he's going to do. He took down Armin Sakurian four times. And, you know, like, he, he took down Nick Lentz five times. And, like, he's just a good takedown artist. And you're, you're basically giving a good takedown artist the blueprint that says go for takedowns. Uh, and, and it couldn't be an, an easier path to victory for him. So if you're thinking about putting somebody in a parlay just to juice it up a little bit, he's probably worth it, even at that number. Right. Now, how do you see this this one ending? Do you see him getting a finish, or do you think he's going the full 25 minutes? I think probably. I might even look for a, a, a goes-the-distance prop here, because Makachev, not a great finisher. I mean, like, yeah, he, he's got 10 of his 18 wins by finish. But if you look, like, 
not against anybody really significant, right? Like he knocked out Gleason Tebow. Um, he, he submitted Leo Kuntz. Um, you know, like th- those are his finishes in the UFC. That's all of them. You just heard him. Oh, no, that's I take that back. He also armbarred Cajun Johnson. Okay, so like three guys no longer with the UFC. And like he took Chris Wade to a decision and he took Nick Lentz to a decision and he took Armin Sarkurian to a decision. Like he he's just not a great finisher. So like if I was looking for for a prop there, I, I would probably look for Makachev by five round decision and see how that works out. Because even given all of that time, I can't imagine he gets Dos Anjos out of there. And the odds for this being a very boring fight then is, is uh, at least minus 550, right? I, I would say it's negative 1,000. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be one of those ones where you're like, well, I got to stay up for the main event. And then you're just really mad at yourself that you stayed up for the main event. Um, see Arena Aldana Holly Holm for more info. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you you met, you met, you've mentioned some parlay, some props. Do you have a, a parlay or or some props in mind that that um that the real hashtag degenerates out there um would like to jump on yeah absolutely so one of the ones i'm I'm really liking right now is as far as a parlay goes is i think you know i mentioned i like alex morano in a parlay at negative 195 right now on my bookie and and i also mentioned that whenever that number does eventually come in on morada I think that number will be too low, you know, like especially right. given, you know, she was only a negative 130 favorite over Lavia Souza, which is the, the posted line right now. Whereas if you go, you know, you think about the fact that she's being replaced by Randa Marcos, like she might come in pretty damn close to even. So if you pair those two together there, I, I think that that's a, a pretty good play to think about. And then, you know, like I, I mentioned before, the the fight with with uh, with Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, and uh, Chaos Williams, I don't think that's going to go the distance. So, like, whoever you're planning on betting in that fight, I, I would plan on betting them to win by knockout or to win in the first round or, you know, to win by finish. Under, the play the under. You know, whatever that number is, wherever it comes in when it gets posted. I, I think Abdul Razak Al-Hassan inside the distance or Chaos Williams inside the distance. Or if you just want to bet the under and win no matter what. I think that that's such a smart prop here to play because I think no matter what, that's, there's no way that fight can go 15 minutes. I would be very surprised. Yeah, I, I agree agree with both of those. So that is it. What we uh, gave you, well, I gave you winners for all of the fights. <laughs> um, so so when we come back next week, I will be 11 and 0. Dan will be 7 and 4, and um, and we'll we'll go from there. So in the meantime, uh, make sure you follow me at at on Twitter at Jeff Fox Writer and Dan at Gumby Vreeland. Uh, that's F. That's Gumby as in the the green guy, and Vreeland as in V R E E L A N D. Um, make sure you keep reading all my stuff on Sports Gambling Podcast uh, website, obviously, and MMA Dash Manifesto. Um, Dan will have some. Some scouting reports uh, on on some guys on, on this week's this, this week's card, and I will have a whole bunch of stuff in there also. And make sure you listen to Dan's um, two other podcasts, of course, Top Turtle MMA and the Prelim Picker. Um, so that does it for us here. Thank you for listening to the to the inaugural uh, edition of the Sports Gambling um, on the MMA Gambling Podcast. How about we call it on the Sports Gambling Network? Um, 
this will definitely be a uh, be worth keeping. So you should probably purchase two copies of these, one to listen to, one to keep in the in the original packaging. So it will be a collectible down the road. So I'd like to thank Daniel for coming on. Um, he'll be back next week to lick his wounds after losing uh, four of his four of his bets, right? <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will be back. He, he may not be licking his wounds. So, but thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week again, degenerates.